welcome to the Move Well Radio Podcast, where we discuss all things related to health and wellness. We dispel common myths and misconceptions regarding healthcare, and we do it in a way that you can actually understand. And it's hosted by yours truly, Dr. Roger St. Ange, doctor of physical therapy, founder of Move Athletics Physical Therapy and Performance. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Move Well radio podcast. Today, we have Emmanuel, uh, I'm going to go for it, Nyongi. Did I say that right? Did I get it? <laughs> no, it was quite close, though. How'd you get it? Nyongani. Nyongani. I still probably messed it up. All right. Uh, where, where's that name from? Uh, Malawi, Africa. Gotcha. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm getting it down, guys. I was practicing it before this. Uh, so... He's a local personal trainer, and uh, we've worked with uh, several uh, clients that he works with. And uh, I just love the way that he, uh, you, the way that you, I'm going to talk to you instead of the microphone. I love the way that you interact uh, with your clients, right? And I think that's amazing. That's really what wanted me, what made me want to bring you on and chat with you, just so so our listeners can, can get to know you a, a little bit, because <clears throat> it's not that often that we have somebody who's so very involved in making sure that their clients are getting the best care, right? A lot of times, personal trainers or other people will send clients to us, uh, and then there's really no real interaction uh, from there. Like, well, it, you know, obviously we reach out to people and try to like let them know what what's going on once we have like our patients permission to speak to their personal trainers to have a very collaborative approach but at times we get like minimal response you're very proactive you're like hey what's going on like let me know what should we be doing what shouldn't we be doing like you actually made uh like a program including their pt exercises and like sent it back like for a, approval really like hey is making sure that we're not you're not doing anything that might be detrimental uh on your end which i thought was fantastic and is above and beyond so i want to take a second and, and get to know you so um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, let's start with this. What got you into fitness? All right. Uh, I mean, that's kind of like a uh, interesting story, but I guess fitness as a general, I've always been into martial arts. My dad was a fighter. So as soon as I could walk, he had, he had to start training to fight. So I got into fitness that way, but I wasn't in the gym pushing any weight. I didn't start that till I was working for the UMass Police Department, and I met this. I, I thought I was pretty good. I was young, so I thought I was the you know as the shit as people would say. But then I signed up for this police um, cadet program at UMass, and you had to do a fitness assessment. And I was like, I'm gonna crush this. So I did about like 60 push-ups in a minute, and I felt really good about myself, dusted both shoulders. And then I heard who was in first press. It was this friend of mine. His name's Brad. He got 90 push-ups in a minute. And I was like, how is that possible? So <laughs> <laughs> I made it a mission to become friends with him because um, I wanted to beat him at push-ups at least, and then he introduced me to deadlifting, squatting, and all that kind of world. Before before I met him, maybe if I go in the gym, I'd go plant fitness on a treadmill, you know, some bicep curls here and there, some machines. I didn't know anything about deadlifting, back squatting, all that. Once I met him, that's when I was like, oh, this is a whole different world. So I guess that's kind of like how I got into the 
fitness lifting aspect part of it competition yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is with the competition yeah. right i mean and uh being a competitive person is is good i mean yeah. to an extent it can, right. it can become unhealthy at some point but uh i think that's where a lot of us really thrive and in, in get into that like oh man like i'm gonna crush this like oh shit like somebody crushed yeah. me like how does that <laughs> well, let me go find out what this guy's doing yeah so i mean that's that's really cool that's that's great so it's really just like hey you know what i, I want to get better right. <laughs> there's this thing i'm not that good at you found somebody that was better at it than you were and then you went and learned uh, really from them is what it sounds like to start, right? Yeah. 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 So uh, tell us a little bit more about your uh, your martial arts growing up. Was there a particular style that your your dad trained in that you trained so, in? Yeah. I've trained in quite a bit, but my dad was a kickboxer. So that's where I started kickboxing. And then from there, went into taekwondo, then karate. Then I got really fascinated with the Brazilian martial art capoeira. So I did that for a couple of years. Um, and then when I also met Brad, he introduced me to MMA and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So I got into that at that same time as well. So I've been kind of like, I've been around. I'm not good, <laughs> I would say. But I'm like, I know when to run away. It's <laughs> yeah. pretty much. You know, that's kind of like the uh, that's the hallmark of typically uh, most good martial artists. They're very, they're very humble. Anyway, yeah. so like, I'm not that good. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Tear me yeah, I uh, actually was in the martial arts myself for a while. Uh, my fitness journey actually started when I joined the Marine Corps. So mm-hmm. I was actually like kind of very similar. Uh, when I joined the Marine Corps, I had no idea what fitness was. And I wasn't – I didn't grow up doing martial arts. Like I didn't – I was not very uh, physically active. Uh, growing up, like I tried to join the wrestling team in high school, some stuff happened. I got kicked off. Like I was, I was not a good kid, right? Yeah. Um, but that was like my first exposure to exercise, really. And then, like when I was joining the Marine Corps, I, <laughs> I wore like this all gray sweatsuit, like a grout fit, right? I would like go run a mile, and I would sit in my room and do like bicep curls and crunches, and I'm like, man, I crushed that. Like, I'm gonna be, so, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do fine. I think at the boot camp, I was like, dude, what is all this running and pull-ups and push-ups? And, like, there's so many things. And I just kicked my ass, right? And then uh, – so I, I had really no idea. And I just kind of did the same thing. Sought out people that were better than me, fit, and, like, just followed them around and, like, did what they did. I actually used to go to <laughs> – I used to go to the gym at Camp Lejeune, right, before I, like, knew people that were fit to, like, learn from. Uh, and I would just pick out the biggest dude in the gym, and I would literally just follow behind him, like, one exercise and do what that guy did. I like that. I like that. Uh, I mean, it's probably not the smartest approach, but, like, I had no idea what to do, you know? It was a start. There's really no, like, trainers or anything uh, available. Actually, there probably was. It's probably a false statement. I just didn't look into it and didn't think to. Um, So... It's good that people have somebody who's kind of like had to go along and learn the hard, the hard way right. to, to guide them into it. So um, start off with martial arts, got into fitness because you got your butt kicked in push-ups. <laughs> and then uh, what, what led you to uh, starting to help other people? I mean, just from knowing you a little bit, like you're a very like caring, kind, pay it forward. Uh, I will even go as far as say empathetic person right so like i appreciate that yeah no that's genuine like there's not a lot of people that you meet that like give off that 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 vibe so you, you know if you uh, if you appreciate it you pick it up pretty easily you know so what what led you into thinking you know what i'm gonna help other people learn this stuff it was actually quite by accident i have to say um so i went to school for journalism 
um, that was my main focus. I did study kin and nutrition, but like only like as a minor. I'd had no intentions of going into the fitness world. I only did it because I didn't know enough about fitness for myself to do it. Um, so I wanted to become, um, my mom has had trouble of kind of battling weight. She wants to lose weight at some point. Um, so I wanted to gather enough knowledge to help her. So that's why I took, I like became a personal trainer. I had no intentions of working with other people. What happened is, once I graduated um, college, I was planning to go to law school with my journalism degree, maybe work for a paper. No jobs were hiring. I just, I thought about law school and I was like, maybe I don't have quite the passion for it, so I should hold on to it. And the only job hiring was a personal training job. So it's like, I guess we'll use this skill till I can move on. And I've been doing it since then. But I guess to get into actually helping people was an accident. But then once I started doing it, it's kind of like an addictive thing. So I just kept doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, dude, that's like the most noble of causes, right? <laughs> to like start amassing your fitness journey. And that's what I was saying. Like that, that answer, knowing you a little bit, like doesn't surprise me at all. Right. Uh, <laughs> that sounds just like something you would do. I mean, that's really cool. So you, you got into it to, to really help your mom. Uh, and I'm sure that's probably frustrating just from my own experience working with family and friends. Like you just saw me helping Brittany out out there. Like I've helped her with, <laughs> with her neck like four times. But she doesn't listen all the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. She doesn't she don't listen to me. My mom does not listen to me. And I got all these things. I send it to her and she's like, mm, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> mom, help me help, help you. you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've I've uh, tried to help my mom out a couple of times. It's really hard too, at least for me, like to not take things personally when I'm working with family. Like if I'm working with other clients and like they don't do maybe what they're supposed to do or like they whatever, it's like I don't take it personally. But like when it's my family, I'm like, listen, I am trying to help you here, and you're like, I don't know, I, t- I take it personally. So I try yeah, not you're to investing work with- your time. Yeah. And- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I try not to take try not to to take it too personally with my family, but then I just don't work with them yeah. <laughs> as much as possible <laughs> yeah yeah cool man so uh so what was it that that really got you hooked on like being a personal trainer that you're still out here doing it you, you actually find yourself really enjoying it what do you like best about it um i guess i like when you're able to help so i had this realization a couple a couple years ago not too long but i realized i'm you know, I'm pretty decent at what I do, and I've helped a lot of people, gym owners, make some money. I'm still broke. But what I realize is, with the skill set I have, I can help one person change their life around, and then maybe heaven or hell, I don't know if you believe in that stuff, like, you know, that could absolve some that I've done in the past, because I don't know if I'm a saint either, but... So I've made it a mission to try to find one person and help them change their life to become better. So I guess that's really what it is about personal training that's kept me going because that's the skill set I have. No fitness since I was like five. So I'm just trying to help that, put that together and give it to just, if I could just find one person and change their lives, I think I'll be set. But 
I don't know if that answers your question, though. No, I, I think it does. Here's the takeaway for me for that. And, and I'm very similar, right? Like, I love doing what I do because it makes me feel good to help other people, right? And I tell people it's kind of selfish because it makes me feel good and I like right. that feeling. But that's what it's all about. It's like finding somebody that's having a problem, that's struggling, making a change, and then being that person that's going to help them accomplish a goal that they thought was otherwise impossible maybe right exactly i want to do this thing i don't know how like my life is not where i want it to be maybe i don't look the way that i want to look maybe i don't feel the way i want to feel maybe i'm having some kind of health issues maybe like somebody we were talking about earlier right uh, that you were working with that they can't get off the floor and now they can like and you're saying you want to find one person to help change their life but You've probably changed. You've definitely changed a lot of people's lives. If you help someone where they couldn't get off the floor and then get off the floor and like they're out doing a lot of things that we were talking about before, like that's a life changer. So yeah. it's it's beyond one person. It's like one person at a time right now for you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and uh, and that feels good, right? Yeah. So that definitely motivates me to keep helping as many people as I possibly can. Right? It's great to just pay for it and then those people can use their knowledge that they've gained from you to, to help somebody else exactly and then, and then it just goes from there so um uh, i'm sure that you've seen some personal trainers maybe that weren't so great right and i think there's that every in every field right highly prevalent in my field like there's some pts but uh physical therapists that are like good and there's a whole lot that maybe aren't so good um so so what do you think uh, makes a good personal trainer or a bad personal trainer or uh, what do you think somebody should look for when they're looking for a personal trainer? I think um, it's 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 a very interesting yet tricky question because the simplest answer is you seek out somebody with experience, with knowledge, and then you start working with them and improve. But it gets a little more complicated than that because I don't think I was always – a good trainer you know i started off as this guy you know i mean i grew uh, grew up not really but my fitness journey became with like some people like ct fletcher so you know they're talking about like <laughs> you know it's still your set you know yeah. i don't care if you want to cry it's still your set so i had that mentality when i first started if you guys and, don't know who ct <laughs> fletcher is look him up on youtube yeah. so i had that mentality when i started so it's like if you come to me and you're not pushing heavy weight, like what is wrong with you? You're wasting my time. But then over time I learned it's more about that relationship you develop with somebody. Any personal trainer can help you. It might not help you exactly get your goals, but it can as long as you got that connection and they understand your body and um you know, you you guys understand each other, then you can build and grow. Because what I've seen in the, mostly in the industry with Instagram now is let's find the person who can do the coolest stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, let me let me learn and do the coolest stuff. And cool stuff is fine. It looks flashy at a party. But when you're 80, it's, you're not going to be able to do a clapping push-up. You need to be able to get out of the chair. So maybe find somebody who, um, when you first see him, will, you know, assess your movements just by like you know body weight squats or something like that uh if they hand you a goblet squat first day on you probably it's probably not the best place for you to go unless you've seen them before um so you, knowledge wise yeah so so what you're saying is 
uh, somebody should take time to get to know your goals and then really yeah. get to know your body right. and the way that you're moving before they just start loading you up. Right. Find somebody that does right. like a thorough assessment and, and doesn't just like, all right, day one, like, here you go, here's some weight. And they haven't like actually made sure you know how to move your body without hurting yourself. Yeah, exactly. And I only say that because I was that guy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I give people weight. And then uh, later on, once I, you know, learned some more stuff, I was like, wait, I definitely shouldn't have been doing that. You know, got to stop basic and build them up. And I, I, I guess the way to know if you have a good personal trainer is if you come in on a day and you're just not performing your best. We all have those days when there's something going on. It, it might not be physical. You just can't move the weight that day. It might be emotional. If they could pick up on that and let you ride on a lower uh, intensity level, then that's a good personal trainer you should look for. But if you're having that and they're like, you know what, here's a 50-pound goblet squat, go for it. It doesn't matter. Then that's probably more egotistic on their end. They want to be like, oh, yeah, I, I make them do that instead of, okay, this is not where this person is right now. So let's figure it out, um, what's going on. Uh, and I've, it's funny because – in the job of personal training, at least in a one-on-one setting, uh, it's much harder to do in a group setting. But in a one-on-one setting, most of my sessions sometimes end up to be almost feel like therapy sessions. And I feel like you just need that. as, And it's part of the training process. Yeah, I'm not a therapist. I don't get paid enough as a therapist. But um, you just need somebody that understands you on that level where you can just open up to them. I mean, sometimes clients come in and, we have a heavy day planned, and we spend the day crying, you know, for 45 minutes. No left, no weights to lifting. But when they leave that session, they feel better. They feel better than they walked in. And I feel like that's once you find that connection, you found your trainer. Freaking mic drop. Just walk away right now. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And I love that because I see the same thing in here, right? And I think that's great. So what you're talking about is – is finding a, a trainer that is a good personality fit that has a an emotional intelligence as well, right? Somebody that will take the time to develop a relationship with you, get to know you, get to know your goals, get to know you as like a person, right? And, and be there for you every step of the way. Not somebody that is just an exercise facilitator because that sets people up for failure, right? Like you've got to be able to read your clients, know them well enough to know when something's off and then know what they need and you're absolutely right like yeah your job is not a therapist but if you're looking out for if you want to be the best resource for health for your client and that's what they need on that day you give it to them that's going above and beyond man right because there's so many people that wouldn't do that and you're absolutely right like they leave and they feel so much better i can i can guarantee because we see it we see it here right like They feel so much better, and uh, and nobody's probably taking the time to listen to them, right? And, and like, <laughs> just let them do what they needed to do. And if they have the trust in you, that's a solid relationship. That means that, like, they're going to go to the end of the earth with you, right? And you've right. done a great job building that relationship. And what what makes them listen to you better? What makes them trust you? Do what you tell them to do, whether it's, like, nutrition or sleep or exercise or whatever it is. It's because – like you as a person and they've you've built a good relationship with them and they know that no matter what the situation is you've got their best interest at heart exactly right? that's i think that's 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 exactly it
Yeah, I think that's that's freaking amazing, man. And uh, you don't you don't hear too much of that these days, right? There's a lot of personal trainers that are just, I mean, they're just in it to try to see as many clients as they can to make as much money as they can because, like you said, you made a lot of gym owners a lot of money, right? Right. And, and typically, a lot of gyms they charge a decent amount for personal training, and then the trainers get paid like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skip that right there. (laughs) And it's really not. It's a very large offset, right? And people don't, I think, realize that uh, as well. So they go see a personal trainer. They're like, I pay this much money. Most most of us going to the gym. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So a lot of times they don't get a good experience because they're just like, that's like a, I don't know, the only. Comparison I have is like a primary care physician where it's like, oh, just run them through, right? right? Exactly. Like every 15 minutes, like back to back to back, get the bare minimum. But there's a lot of stuff you got to do on the back end, like tracking, right? Like, um, do you do a lot of paperwork? Uh, yeah, all my programs for at least one on one stuff are written down. So there is paperwork for that. Um, but for the group stuff, there's no paperwork. Yeah, yeah people group. other than like they're. You know, when they come in, they write down their injuries and yeah. and stuff. And I think that's a that's yeah, that's a little bit different too, because you just plan out like the group training yeah. sessions. You don't have to come up with like any kind of uh, linear periodization if you're into that, like exactly. for, for the whole class, because then it's going to be individual for each and every person. But uh, and I think that's a a good point to highlight too, is that a lot of people don't realize like there's a lot of back end to good personal training. Like you have to keep track of those things as well as them. Like you have to right. plan these sessions out; they have to be written. Like there has to be like cycles and like there's a lot of stuff that that goes into it okay so uh where are you training at currently right now uh so right now i'm training at fitness together and at 45 i also teach at new england submission fighters for the uh fighting but uh due to corona right now things are a little slow especially in the mma industry so i'm not currently teaching there but i once We've reached herd immunity. Uh, I'll go back and uh, pick that gotcha. back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love martial arts too, man. Like I, uh, that's why I have this weird ear from right. wrestling, jujitsu. I haven't been able to do it since like grad school, and then like it drops down the priority. Such a good exercise. So humbling. Man. So humbling. Yeah. Oh and then, uh, I mean, it's humbling, right? Because you punch in the face, get beat up by little guys, right? <laughs> but one, exactly. it's good skills to have, and then it's just like ways that you don't typically move your body. Uh, and it's good, like, general physical preparedness. My son uh, started doing it over at uh, Fighting Arts Academy oh, with, with yeah, Jeremy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they haven't been doing the grappling because, uh, you know, the jiu-jitsu is like, right. oh, you know. Yeah, so, but they've been, uh, they've been you know, messed up and, and doing the Muay Thai and that kind of stuff, and he he loves it. And it's, it's just – It's amazing, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if, if you go somewhere where they do a good job for kids and they make it fun, like, it's a really good – where he comes home and he tells me the stuff that he does – He's like, yeah, we did 100 push-ups, we did 100 squats, like, we did all this stuff. And then he's, like, showing me all the combos they did. And it's just good exercise, right? Yeah. It's good habit building. And it builds a lot of uh, discipline and, and humility, which I think kind of comes to where you are now, right? It's right. the discipline and the humility. There's not a lot of people who are able to reflect on and admit their own faults or past behaviors right and i love it when i come across someone's like, like yeah i say find someone that doesn't do that because i used to be <laughs> that guy and i look back at it and i'm like oh man like i shouldn't have been doing that. i do the same thing yeah right? like so I, I coach crossfit for uh, like seven years right and i'll see people that come in here that i used to coach and I'm like oh yeah i'm doing these drills that we used to do and i'm like oh yeah maybe <laughs> maybe don't don't do that like 
I know a little bit more now yeah. than I did then. Yeah. You know, so it's 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 good to be able to change your opinions based on new information, right? That that commits you as like a lifelong learner. That means that you also know people, your clients also know that like if they come in and you've learned something different or better way to do something, like you're going to implement it. You're not going to be that guy that's just sitting there like, yeah, I'm doing this because I've always, this is how I've always done it. Right. Or like, I don't want to admit that there's a better way to do it. If you're not learning, what are you doing with your life? Right? Like, and there's no point in like, learning if you're not going to implement it like you reading is great doing is better exactly you know what i mean okay cool man so if people want to get in on uh, any kind of one-on-one training with you or they want to reach out like find out more about how to do that or if you're a good fit uh how do they do about that like how do they go about that with instagram facebook email um right now if you wanted to get me for one-on-one training i'm only out of fitness together but my instagram underscore at uh at underscore panther strong got a lot of free content there um if you dm me we could probably chat and figure out the best move for you if we're fit or not but other than that yeah yeah so so instagram it is it's it's at and then it's underscore yeah panther strong panther strong okay cool so quick rapid fire questions as we wrap this up uh one how much you squat uh like one rep max yeah all right it's been a while, but I think I, I'm a, probably around 500 right now. Yeah. It's not bad because it wasn't too long ago. You had a whole bunch of back pain. Yeah, that's true. Straight. Yeah. He, he fixed me all up for that. <laughs> a little, little plug but, in there. Yeah. Shameless plug. Dude, exactly. this guy's strong. Uh, what's your bench? Uh, bench 325, I believe, yeah. right now. But I haven't pushed. been having that elbow pain, so I haven't really pushed oh, it yeah. to the max yet. Um, I'm hoping once that's resolved – Thanks to your help, um, <laughs> we're gonna we'll probably push a little bit more. Yeah, but it's been a while, so. Um. Okay, and then uh, hmm, I want to ask something else. Here's a funny one. What's your snatch, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, guys, this is justification here. He's just getting into Olympic weightlifting. He's got some mobility. We're working on it. He's working on it. Fifty-five. Yeah, that's rough too, though. Like it's not <laughs> textbook. It's like. Were you about to die or faint? Like, <laughs> you know, it it is incredibly humbling. Like, you know, I could deadlift like six hundred pounds, I and mean, it's not easy. But like, I could get it up. But like one fifty five in a snatch is like, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that play into that, right? Yeah. That's the speed. Ah, uh, the coordination, the mobility, right? Like we looked at your overhead squat, and I was like, "Oh, no wonder you're." That's <laughs> <laughs> true, bro. You know? But there's some mobility deficits. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're working on it, and and that's what it is. That's one of the other things I love about you. You're not like, "Oh, well, this is hard. I'm not good at it. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go back to the shit that I'm good at. Like I'm gonna go deadlift." <laughs> you're like, you know what? This is kind of tough. I'm gonna get into it. Yeah. And then you're gonna learn it well, and you're gonna implement it with other people that you think is gonna be really good at, and you find good people to learn from. So, I think that's awesome. Uh, one last thing. Yep. Uh, one book that you think everybody should read. Oh, man. Um, I think uh, if I were to pick a book, I, I have quite a bit, but I think that Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins is a really good book. Oh, yeah. Um, it just because it, it kind of shows you that you your mind is your only limitation because i mean as long as you're willing to do it your body will follow but uh, as as soon as you decide that yeah i can't do that you, you there's no way you never you never get it done so i have this rule um 
we I, I call it that you, you don't use the C word, meaning they can't, with any of my clients. So every time I, I hear them say, oh, I can't do that, we're doing, you know, five burpees <laughs> and five jump squats. And it multiplies every time they say it to the point where we get to like, all right, I'll try it, you know. So I think the Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins would probably be my pick for every book anybody should read. Yeah, no, I think that's really good. And that's huge, man. That's the only reason why I've ever made it through any kind of endurance events. Like, I've never trained for anything. Like, I've done dumb stuff. Like, I ran the Tough Mudder, like, up and down Mount Snow, like, when I first came around, yeah. like, way back in the day. And, like, ran a marathon. And anything that I do, I just rely on my pure hatred of quitting <laughs> to get me through it. Like, that's it. I know it's, exactly what you <laughs> yeah, mean. Like, like, so, the, when I ran a marathon, it was uh, with my buddy Heath. Uh, who's in Colorado now, and uh, and my friend Casey. Casey is a runner. <laughs> like that's that's a sound effect of a fast runner. In case you guys are wondering, but she's like she's out. She finished it so fast, way ahead of us. Heath and I, uh, yeah, he, we trained a little bit. We did a three mile run. Right. And then the next week we did a six mile run. And the next week we did a nine mile run. And then we didn't run at all for three months. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was like the yeah. So it was it was terrible. I couldn't bend my knee. For the last six miles, because I like was physically Damn. unprepared, but I didn't quit. I didn't stop. I wasn't actually injured. It was just like little warning signs, right. and I wanted to quit. Right? But I was like, "Damn, man! Like, you already went like twenty miles. Like, you can't stop now when you could have, right?" Well, now <laughs> bring that back. Would I recommend that people do that? Right? Exactly. Probably not. Exactly. Right? Definitely not. Like, be smart. Listen to your body. But like, in regards to that book, like, it's absolutely true. You know what I mean? And there's so many, it's so applicable because there's so many places in life. Where, like, there's things that you don't want to do. It's uncomfortable. You could stop. You could quit. But then, in the grand scheme of things, what does your life look like? That is true. Um, the other reason I talk about that, you can't quit. Sometimes in life, I think you get situations where you can't quit. And if your mind is used to quitting, you're just miserable in that situation. Like, if you, not saying this is the most certain, but if you lose a loved one, that's a tough situation. And you know, if you're used to quitting, that could take you out as well. And if you yeah. if you keep t telling yourself, you know, just one day at a time, you make it out. I mean, it 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 never is the same, but you do you do make it you do make it out, and you can help other people. But if you're used to quitting, yeah, yeah, it's that, rough. that mental resiliency or and, and fortitude, right? Like that's exactly. That's huge. And what's really cool is that you can use fitness to like start to build that stuff, right? That's yep. how I got really good at CrossFit when I was competing, uh, you know, at the regional level in uh, on teams, but still like competing at the regional hey. level, right? Like it was just that voice in the back of your head that's like, you can stop, just quit. And I would just like, ignore it, like shut up, like, leave me alone. And then I would just push until like my body actually gave out. So now that I now that I don't do that <clears throat> intense fitness anymore, I've had to find other areas. I was just talking about this actually. Uh, on the last last podcast, like I've had to find other areas to like intentionally get that discomfort, right? Like I get out of bed extra early. Like I've been getting out of bed at five o'clock for a while, but now I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna get out of bed at four thirty because I want a little bit of extra time, and it's like it's something I just don't want to do. I just don't want to, so I do it every day. Take a cold shower, right? It sucks. <laughs> I just started. I just started that up again. It was a while where I was doing it, but it's like it's just the anxiety of like mm. there's this thing coming. I don't want to do it. It's gonna suck for a short period of time, then you're, it's but it's, you're gonna be fine, right? So it's just like getting that out and doing those shitty things and not procrastinating, like actively fighting against procrastination. Because 
you stand there for a long time thinking about getting in that shower, but it doesn't change how much it's going to suck when you get in the shower, that is right? That's true. <laughs> this is very true. But cool, man. So uh, I think we'll, we'll wrap it up there, my little uh, tangent at the end. Yeah. Um, so if anybody wants to check you out, look you up on Instagram. Check out his content. Some good stuff. He's always putting out putting out stuff. Uh, daily, I think, you put out yeah, content, Yeah, I'm, I'm right? trying. Trying to get better. I, I'm not the best at posting on Instagram. He's, he's very humble. Yeah. Don't listen to anything <laughs> he says about what he's not good at. Very humble. Uh, cool man well listen I'm sure we'll, we'll find time for you to come back on yeah. at some point in time well, thanks for having me on I appreciate it yeah cool man right. hey real quick before you go I just want to say thanks for listening and if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please share it with others by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it to your story on Instagram and tagging at moveathleticspt so we can repost it and to stay up on all the latest from me Make sure that you follow at Move Athletics PT on Instagram and Facebook, and then subscribe to the Move Athletics newsletter at www.moveathleticspt.com. All right, guys, catch you next episode.